right, we are back with episode five of the deluxe version. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if you didn't know the deluxe version, it is a podcast where creators critique and converse on content and concept. I am your curator of creators, Daryl Sharp, aka Daryl the Sharp, and I am here with a guest, my boy. I haven't seen this man in a long time, so it's good to see him again. Been a while. Yeah, Jay Campbell. Yeah, he's in the Thank building. You. Thank Jay, you for having Jay Campbell is in the building. Uh, yeah, we are. This is episode five of the deluxe version. Like, uh, uh, I feel like I've told you about this podcast maybe from a distance, but you haven't really fully gotten the gist of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like if you didn't know, it's just fully. I'm trying to get the idea of just like the idea of like critiquing content because there's always so much content that comes out like music videos, interviews, and stuff. But we don't really talk about it to like the full extent. So I think this is just a good opportunity to just talk about it fully. And I guess you guys got to get my close to the mic. Uh, <laughs> all right and just understand it fully like with music videos like we always talk about them like for example Kendrick's video like I feel like this is one of the first videos in a while that's been something to talk about fully and we'll, we'll talk about that later but uh it's just been such a great opportunity and I just want to keep this going I want to actually get more people that are involved with music videos and with album art into it because I feel like they're they feel like I'm unrecognized in a way because I know mm-hmm. so many homies that do it and I know so many people that I just want to know about the process too. So I think this would be just a fun opportunity to reach out to them or even just talk about people that are really interested in just the visual aspect of music. Because we talk about we talk about music from just the sounds, but it's nice to just because there's always like the full. There's it's almost like a part of the story with the music, uh, the the visual aspect. So it's nice to just talk about that completely. If you get what I'm saying. So yeah, this is good. Uh, yeah, this is good. <laughs> so tell me about yourself, Jay. Like I, I haven't, I haven't seen you in a while. Like when's the last, when's the last time I saw you? Oh man, it's, it's really. It, been it definitely a while. hasn't been this year. Like I haven't seen you at all in twenty seventeen. No, it's it's been a while. It's like a year for me. Like I've been yeah. working two jobs, so rarely get out to like shows as much as I want. Mm-hmm. I want to say we ran into each other. I want to say we ran into each other at Division. I, I That's, don't know. Has it been that long? I don't know. It it probably has been that long. Yeah. That was what, like last summer? It it was last, I think it was last summer. I, damn, I can't believe it's been that long. Did you go to Gallant? I did go to Gallant. We, I think we oh. talked about it through Snapchat because we went two different days. Like, yeah, you I, went, I went the day before. Yeah, Seal. Yeah, Seal you went the day up. before me. Yeah. I screwed up. On I, wish, I wish I would have. Uh, did you hear about his Grammy party? Like, that Grammy bowling party? Oh, I saw about it. Yeah, yeah. you went, right? I went, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like, I wish it, because I feel like you. I kept, I was trying to find people to go with, and I wish I would have, uh, like, thought of you at that moment, because, I don't know, I think I was trying to get a homie to go with me, but she didn't really want to go, and at the last minute, I was just trying to just shuffle people, and at the, at the last minute, I just went on my own, so, oh. yeah, but it was fun, like, he's, he's a good guy, and then, plus, he's from, uh, sort of from where I'm from, like, he's from Maryland, I'm from yeah. the DMV, so, yeah, it was good just talking, talking to him, and, uh, yeah, he seemed like a really, really cool guy. How many people were at the party? It had to be, like... I want to say about a hundred, but uh-huh. it was cool. Like he paid for the entire bowling alley, all that, and then like if you wanted to meet him, you could meet him basically. Like he wow. was making sure that everybody could leave with by meeting him basically. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. That whole album from front to back. Yeah, that's easily my favorite album of last year. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, like uh, it probably could have been Awaken My Love, but it came sort of late, and then but I just love just the ability of ofology like it there's just so much emotion so much expression like i haven't heard that in a while uh in a long time so that was really great especially from someone so young so yeah it's true yeah he was talking about how he would just play at the bootleg mm-hmm. before he even started in front of like 40 people 50 mm-hmm. people 
And now coming off the 2017 Grammy nom. Exactly. That, that's incredible. He's yeah. a force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. coming down the line. Exactly. For real. But yeah, tell, tell the people a little about yourself. So my name is Jay Campbell. Um, I work in music at a music publisher. It's called Unrestricted Publishing. We work with Songs Publishing and we work on Mo. We work on Chromio, Nelly, Nova Cyrus. Um, and then we also work with Island Records mm-hmm. through our president, Ben. And so on that end, we work with Nick Jonas, Demi Lovato, Citizen Four. Mm-hmm. And so on our end, what we do is we're scouting for the best writers, producers, artists, uh, but really writers and producers. And then from there, we'll create sessions of writers and producers mm-hmm. to make a song and target of one of these artists. Yeah. So we'll get writer A, writer B, producer, or producer A, producer B, however many we want. Or is needed to make the best session and we'll say okay you guys are going in with the goal of writing a song for nick nick jonas and this is his brief and so that's what's up what he's looking for in his album um really i didn't know there were too for like certain songs or anything that's interesting yeah, yeah. so because it's a completely switch up from his last album some artists briefs consist of like what they will and won't talk about depending mm-hmm. on like personal life issues that they've experienced um because they're not going to accept the song because it's going to contradict their... That makes sense. Yeah. Their own like, beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. Or what they're into now because they grow as an artist. So, yeah. Um, so it's cool. And then we get the song back within like the next 24 hours. We hear it. Damn, that's a quick back, time. And then hopefully it's great enough so we can pitch it to the artist and make the album. Um, we're wrapping up a lot. Over the last year, we've worked with Chromio a ton, which is really cool. Um, we've worked with Mo, we've worked with Nelly, Noah Cyrus, like it just goes on and nice. on. Nice. Uh, how long have you been there, you said? Um, I've been there for about a year. Nice. I started last, at the end of last April. That's what's up. And just our president then saw, um, or he tweeted and I saw his tweet and was just like looking for A&R superstars to join the team. That's what's up. company. Because he had started it in November of... 2015 mm-hmm. and so at the time i went on board it was five months in mm-hmm. to the existence and it's really really cool because he was the president over at apg mm-hmm. and with him being there he learned so much put together so many number one singles number one albums and then he wanted to go make his own publishing company and from there it was just seeing the company being built from the ground up which is insane over the last year it's grown tenfold from when it started yeah which is really cool that's awesome and so yeah yeah, just working on everything there diving into credits finding new producers finding new writers new artists what's been your what's been your favorite part of being there like uh what's been your favorite thing you've been involved with that you've been over there um i can definitely say it's the most i've learned in the music industry from i could even say within the first three months Mm -hmm. it topped Everything I learned on my own when I moved out to LA, everything I learned in school for music, just because you're hands on, you're seeing everything unfold, you're put in situations where you have to know the answer ASAP, mm-hmm. you have to find the solution ASAP. And it was just a great part, great team to be a part of. Um, but like an actual moment, I would say any of our writing camps. Um, we're lucky oh, to put together writing camps mm-hmm. where we'll invite all of like, the top writers and producers out to. Like a huge house, huge, just like vacation home, whether it's in Ojai, whether it's in Solvang, and it's just like a beautiful scenery to have everyone's creativity just on peak. And then from there, 
it's just maybe like five to six rooms of people working at a time. Oh, shit. And it's amazing. So you're getting, if you're there for the whole week, you're interacting with 25, 30 of the best writers and producers in music, Mm -hmm. for pop music, and then you're essentially living with them. So they all go into the rooms, they write, they make the songs, they break for lunch, and then they interact with them at lunch, get to learn about them, talk to them, hang out, and then they go back, interact at dinner, and then usually after dinner, some people will go back, some won't, and then pretty much just hang out with everyone for the rest of the night. That's cool. Which right. is really cool. It's a really cool experience. That's dope. Yeah, that seems like such an intimate experience. Yeah, we've yeah. gotten three for Chromeo, and they've been there for all three, so mm-hmm. they'll stop by and like work with all the rooms, go to each one, mm-hmm. listen to what they're working on, give feedback, whether cut vocals, produce, whatever it is, and then um, just one for Island. Mm-hmm. So we had one up in Solvang, maybe a few weeks ago, three weeks. Okay. For that, which was really cool. Nice, nice. Like we see people do ones in like the Bahamas. See people do them in like Europe. Oh shit! And like it's insane. Like a bunch of publishers and labels do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just really cool to be a part of because mm-hmm. before I started, I had no idea about writing camps. I remember reading one on NPR for like a Rihanna camp. Yeah. Like in 2011, and it was about a song that wasn't even a single. Shit. And it took like one point, like maybe one point seven to mm-hmm. push like to radio, and it wasn't even like a single, mm-hmm. it wasn't a hit. So like seeing all that money going to like a Rihanna thing, and then actually getting to be a part of the writing camp was insane. Yeah, that's so, wild. Like I think the only like speaking of that, I think the only writing camp I heard of was from Drake. I think when he was with uh, when he was doing shit with Dr. Dre. Okay. Yeah, like uh, I think he was doing stuff with yeah with Aftermath at the time. When he was talking about I think this was a DJ Booth article. He was talking about how I. That's how his first initial part was just, like, the writing camps. And I think even people like uh, Maja Jordan, they were talking about writing camps with OBO. So it's just interesting wow. just hearing all these stories and seeing, like, wow, everything's, like, so relative to one another. And everyone basically goes through the same thing. And it seems really intense, but you get something amazing out of it and uh, in the end. Or maybe not. You know, yes. Yeah. I, I think, too, now, like, actually thinking back on it, when I was when I was reading about the coloring book release, mm-hmm. Chance and everyone who was, like, the final like team a part of it mm-hmm. they all slept in the studio oh so it's kind of like a mini writing camp they didn't have like a like a second household to be a part of and like rent out or go somewhere mm-hmm. but they all just lived at the studio that's wild yeah and just everyone's creativity flows off yeah one even when you're eating dinner mm-hmm. you might learn something about someone or you might just think of something that you can go right in yeah it's just about that chemistry day. yeah it just it's it amazing. works though it works though it, it's that's amazing so yeah i've been there for about a year um and then just have been managing this new artist from atlanta and i've started managing him for about a month a little over a month now mm-hmm. but i've been pretty much on their team for about a year mm-hmm. so it's exciting seeing everything come to light with him too much respect so much I'm like full circle yeah like album. yeah uh, tell us about your start then. Like, like what inspired? Like, I uh, are you from LA? Like, no, uh, I'm from yeah. Ohio, oh. um, Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Born and raised, and then I went to school like two and a half hours east mm-hmm. of Ohio at Ohio University, mm-hmm. which was really cool. But everyone there wanted to be a studio engineer or like a folk artist. Oh shit! And so I was like, okay, um, mm-hmm. I'm like the nerdy white kid who likes rap music, so. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my thing. Mm-hmm. And so I did the studio classes, recorded whenever I was supposed to, but just like rounded out with social media, digital media, marketing classes to mm-hmm. really just like fill out my resume of mm-hmm. like knowledge. And then I moved out here um, officially May 2015 and was starting at 
um, this magazine called Forever Magazine. It's like a men's lifestyle mm-hmm. fashion magazine and started up their music section, which was really cool. I interviewed Phoebe Ryan, who's one of the top songwriters in music. Um, she now signed a record deal with Columbia as mm-hmm. an artist, which is doing really well. Interviewed the Chainsmokers before they were the Chainsmokers, mm-hmm. which is insane. Um, a bunch of like Jack Garrett, super, super like sick secret shows like in front of 50 people wait you said jack gary yeah oh i, I think i'm gonna go see him with banks later this week later this month oh yeah go he's insane it's a yeah. one-man show all right I'm, I'm excited for that day, he man. loops everything and if it's like in an intimate setting you'll be blown away that's what's that's one of the best shows i'm hyped i'm hyped then he was cool and then i left there and that's when i just started like playing around with designs mm-hmm. and it was my first design i did was like this weird mock-up for i mm-hmm. kendrick's release a few years ago and i just took like a map of la zoomed in all the way down to like compton and see all the streets mm-hmm. but you would still see like the compton label over the town mm-hmm. and then put in like a red eye over it grayscale the back mm-hmm. which is like a cool mock-up which was pretty fun to do so like okay this is cool i'm gonna start playing around with it more mm-hmm. and just started to do like just random designs off music not even album works like it was just whatever whatever i thought was cool mm-hmm. the story to be told like a, exactly. a fresh perspective mm-hmm. it's like my favorite that i've done it's probably not super clean like looking back on it now was um college dropout i took the same frame that is originally on it mm-hmm. and cut it out and i put the bear the dropout bear just sitting on the frame just mm-hmm. like to be a part of it and then took Kanye's um, degree acceptance at SAIC, the Art Institute of Chicago. Oh, true. When he got true, the yeah. honorary doctorate, mm-hmm. I put that inside the frame. So it was essentially like full circle of Kanye's like college dropout to now having a degree. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was like a cool like visual story, and like still gets love all the time. It's just like cool to see. That's what's up. But like now knowing like everything I do, I probably could have cleaned it up so much more. But was fun yeah it's all progress you yeah. just get better just exactly. get better with it all i think that i think that's how we met that is yeah, it was like either that one or um what was it? yeah because we met through twitter yeah, yeah but the, the, might have been through division yeah i think i think so yeah because oh, i think that's the same time we were working on like on a division cover and we were talking about that mm-hmm. and yeah i remember that crazy mm-hmm. yeah like that division posted well it kind of just blended it with like ovo's branding mm-hmm. which is fun yeah um yeah, and then we just like connected off that. I think I like viewed your portfolio. Yeah, like, Dude, what you did Sports Center? Like that's dope. Yeah, it was it was really <laughs> random. Like that's basically how I got out here. Was uh, like my first gig was working in advertising, and because uh, the agency I was at, the first thing they were doing was Sports Center at night. Mm-hmm. So they were basically just trying to rebrand that. They were trying to compete with this is Sports Center in a way, like trying to be on that level. So it was basically the same idea of just uh, these small segments of just athletes at night doing their nightly routines. Like uh, Seth Curry with uh, with his brother and his dad, like they're on the uh, on the Lazy Boy, and mm-hmm. uh, and just because Steph is the MVP, he can't get on the Big Lazy Boy because that's his dad. And it's just funny shit like that, like just all these funny, all these funny anecdotes. And uh, but it was a lot of fun. And then it's funny I've just been jumping from place to place ever since then. And now uh, I'm at a I'm at a gig called Laundry Service. It's like okay. uh, they do they do stuff a lot of social media stuff mostly for Fox and Beats and they're even doing stuff for Ellis uh, Big for the Olympics in twenty twenty four so that's pretty cool so I think by I think around September is when we find out if we get it or not but there's been so much buzz going on with 
I think even Dr. Dre's in the bid now. He's one of the committee oh, members, so that's pretty that's cool. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm never gonna meet that nigga, but yeah, just saying, just being, it's almost like being on the same in the same neighborhood in a way, or like just parking down the street, like almost driving past him in the driveway or some shit like that, but yeah. like figuratively. But uh, it's been a lot of fun just being out here and just figuring figuring myself out. And I think that's the one thing I want to do with this podcast, just figuring myself out. And because I've been wanting to do this for a while, I've been wanting to do it maybe for about a year and a half because I don't really listen to the radio but I listen to podcasts to work from work at work uh, all the time it's just a good way to just learn to have conversations or just interact with people even if I'm not even in the in the in the conversation just like just listening to them or just en- engaging in some kind of way and I, I kind of want to do that on my own terms with this podcast to so just see where it goes Amazing. So, yeah let's do it yeah let's do it let's do it uh, yeah uh, let's talk about some shit that's been happening this week that's I uh, we can probably I don't I want to kind of want to talk about the Kendrick stuff last, but uh, how about how about the new Logic album? Are you excited for that? I am. I'm a really big Logic fan. Mm-hmm. Back from when Visionary started up, it was him six, um, and I was just searching through blogs and found him. It was maybe maybe like 2011 mm-hmm. when I first heard Logic, and I was like, okay, this guy can rap. Like his flow then. Even off his new song, like that flow was reminiscent to what I heard when I first listened to Logic. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Sending it to everyone. Up to a point where we got him to play this free show in Cincinnati. Oh. It was every Saturday, downtown in summers. It's mm-hmm. free shows. And so we saw Logic play there in front of maybe like 200 people, like downtown on Fountain Square. Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing was he was trying to rap over. Um, and freestyle over a Cuddy song. I forget what it was, but the speaker kept blowing. He was so mad. He just was like, fuck it, yeah. I'm done. And just left. And we're just like, no. Yeah, that's ironic as fuck because he opened for Cuddy later. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Hmm. But he he's insane. Even, even his last album, I was talking about it this last week. I was like, I remember, I don't remember any song specifically, but I remember I would listen to it and it was very well composed mm-hmm. it was almost it was almost like a video game it is yeah like six is really killing it with the production and i i can say like six like they they work really well together because they, they've pretty much grown up together so it's, it's been great and then uh like it's like it's great that this album's gonna be a continuation of that with, with the album art like i think the one thing that i love is the consistency of the album art like sam sprout has just been killing it every single yeah. time like uh it's it's become more and more complex like originally it was just the first one uh under pressure was just him in the living room in his basement. The second one was just uh, him like being a pilot, like for the story he's created. Right? Yeah, for spaceship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot. I uh, I forgot what the play the like their destination was, but it's uh, but just whoever who's getting who he's getting involved with it for like the guy that's the voice of Tom from Tsunami is one of the characters. Oh, yeah, like huh, yeah, like I uh, like the white guy, the white I. Uh, like you know how in the album like is there's a black guy and there's a white guy. Uh, the white guy is uh he's the voice of Tom from Tsunami. It's okay. really crazy. And huh. It's uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if I told you this, but actually I've actually done some design work for his DJ DJ Rhetoric. Okay. Yeah. No. So that was really cool. Like I, I met Logic maybe once, but uh, no, from back home. Yeah. He's, yeah. Because yeah, he's from he's from the DMV, DMV too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was interesting because like uh because Rhetoric's like a homie of a homie basically like. But it was great just working with them, and it, hopefully I can work with them again soon. Because he was working on this playlist called uh, 
called Off the Record. Okay. No, uh, called Pass the Ox, basically. Okay. It was, uh, it was a parody of the God Touching Adam painting. And it was basically him reaching out to, like, guests every week. And I did this animation of him reaching out to guests like, like Jinx or, uh, shit. <laughs> Jinx from Logic. Uh, I mean, Jinx from Complex. Let's see, who else? Uh, just random people that worked at Complex. Uh, random DJs. I think even DJ Carnage one time. Uh, and it was it was really cool just, like, having his take on it. He was even doing these vlogs called Off the Record. Okay. It was really cool. Just all this different branding. So, it it was really great working with them, and just basically just want to keep pushing forward, just doing cool shit, basically. Yeah, that yeah. team's insanely creative. I remember like, on the Logic album, like I say, it's very much like a video game. Mm-hmm. Like all of the commentary in between tracks mm-hmm. is almost either like a cutscene from like Ratchet and Clank. It's like exactly what I envisioned. Really? I didn't know so that. It's like I don't know why, but it's like I just envisioned it almost like the same cutscene of Ratchet and Clank, mm-hmm. or even like kind of like a the cutscenes or the commentaries or interactions of Skyrim yeah. interacting in that world. That's like how I envisioned all of the commentary yeah. on that album. It's to be like that. And it's just insane. The thing I do have to say is that I was expecting a little more with it. Like it's like when it came to the delivery of the of whatever he was producing with it, like I thought like like how because the internet had like a short film or something, I thought there was more more of a short film involved or more more of a visual aspect, more of a visual packaging that would come with it. But I but I guess it's probably something we'll, we'll expect with this album. So, I hope so. Yeah. Hope yeah, like, uh, yeah, like, it seems really cool. Like, there's so many Easter eggs with uh, with the new one. Like, there's so many hidden people that I didn't even know were in there until they maybe talked about it on Twitter. Like, uh, Rob Mark, when he said he's on the cover in Heat, and I was like, really? Uh, and I, I think someone pointed out that Gambino's on the cover. Because if you go on the left side, there's, uh, there's like, a dude in a Spider-Man costume. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I just assume, on the new album art? Yeah, on the new album art. Look that up. Yeah, it's really cool. I it, it should be really cool just seeing where seeing where that goes and then it'll be nice to have just like a twelve inch vinyl of it just to see what all that looks like. So cool. Yeah. Yep, some crazy stuff. But what's crazier though is that I did you hear about how Freddie Gibbs he was talking about how uh he thinks he thinks Logic kinda jacked that vibe like from him. Oh, cause, from himself? Yeah, because no. uh, Freddie Gibbs, he, uh, he recently dropped an album called You Gonna Live Twice, and with the promo, it was basically the same thing that Logic did for his video, where the album cover, they're, they're both hand-painting, basically, and they're both hanging in a museum, so so basically, Freddie Gibbs did this, uh, did this small bite on Twitter, he was like, I, we're not gonna, like, I don't know, this isn't verbatim, but he was like, uh, we're not gonna talk about you biting me, biting my style, uh, blessings though, shit like that. It was kind of like a friendly jab. And it was his last album art? Uh, yeah, because, yeah, Freddie Gibbs recently dropped an album, yeah, called You Only Live Twice. Yeah. But it's more the video, it's less, it's less the cover on, but more the video. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say from the album art alone, it's very, um, like, political. Yeah, it's, yeah, because, like, that's what I thought too, because I thought those covers have nothing to do with each other. But then someone pointed out that there was a promo video that was with it too. Mm. So that so I guess that made a little more sense. But but I kind of have to defend logic on this one because he I I think he mentioned with Sam Spratt that he's been working on that for like six months. So so there's no telling like where that where that's coming from. And I feel like they're going two different directions, even with logic's promo video where he's talking about how how everyone is basically one race now in this world that he's creating. And everything, but can we talk about how his his like fascination with race is that logics? Yeah, like, 
I, I understand that it's because he's biracial and almost like ambiguously black. Like he wouldn't know that he was black unless he told you. But I, right. I don't know. I kind of wish he kind of would go beyond that to something else. But everyone has like a niche or everyone has, has something that they're really fascinated about or really has like a core of their mm-hmm. of their uh, of their intuition. Yeah, it's interesting because I remember when I was showing up to people like way back when, mm-hmm. everyone's like. Oh, he's white. It's like no, no, he isn't. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Like, look him up, like listen to his interviews, and you'll quickly learn. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that might be why he focuses on focuses it focuses on it so much is because maybe growing up he was always just like pushed off, like oh, okay, mm-hmm. like, you're white. And he's like, no, I'm not. Like, yeah, there's so much more. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it just happens so much where he's just like focusing on it so much now yeah i do appreciate that what he talked about in everybody though like how uh like the idea that like being black or being white really or even that one line where he mentioned where uh people where his white friends thought that being black was kind of a bad thing or they, they thought it was a terrible thing that he, that he would tell people that he was part black and everything so maybe he's uh it, it's basically just coming him coming in then with himself or maybe with all three of his albums he has it coming into himself so he's trying to just do that fully, or maybe this is a trilogy of that one idea. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I, I think Freddie just, like, came at him because he's jealous, honestly. Yeah. Like, especially, like, cultural relevancy. Logic is way more relevant than Freddie Gibbs will mm-hmm. be, and I think will ever be, in terms of, like, the hip-hop community. Like, Freddie might be more, like, knit and gritty, down to the bone, mm-hmm. but... Logic has more commercial success while still touching on like political subjects. Yeah, his fan base is so strong. Like, didn't oh, he? Didn't he break like a billion streams or something? Yeah, his fan base loves loves his music. Yeah, every show is sold out. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's capacity, let's see. Like, when when he was peaking in like 2013, 2012, 2013, every show was a at capacity like mm-hmm. over five thousand. Like, it was, Damn. it's like filled. Yeah, he, I, I'm surprised he hasn't like done stadium soon, but probably in due time. Like I, I think the last like the last one was he did the Palladium. Yeah. So I could see him doing a bigger one. Like uh, it'd be nice if he could do like the Hollywood Bowl one day, one of these days. Or, That'd be cool. Yeah. He'd definitely, uh, he would definitely need more commercial success. I mm-hmm. think he would definitely need like radio push. Yeah. To that point, because um, Chance is just now getting Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. and like not even on magnificent coloring. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, did you get tickets? Did you did you get no. tickets? Oh, I need to get tickets. I tried, and it was like the craziest experience ever. Hollywood Bowl gave me like the back section mm. for like forty dollars. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. But I've been spoiled. I've seen Chance in like the most intimate settings, yeah. and it's like front row at South by in twenty fourteen. Nice, nice. Front row at like this small college bar. Um, in 2013 in front of like 200 people mm-hmm. and then last summer we went to this show in Vegas mm. at, at Brooklyn Bowl and it's like capacity might be 500 max Yeah. and so for a chance world tour to be somewhere with 500 people it was wild Yeah. he came on and the floor felt like it was shaking Shit. and we were like 10 rows deep and it was like the best view yeah. so being all the way back row at Hollywood Bowl I was like yeah. yeah, I think uh, I missed him at the last show, but I have seen him once uh, in 2013 because uh, there was this rapper that I really liked uh, called Ad Two. He's from Chicago. He's okay. from Chicago too, 
but uh, he was opening for him, and it was around my birthday. I was like, oh, I really wish I could go to this. And he was, uh, this was Chance's first SOB show, so that was okay. really, that was really fun. So basically, add to shout out to add to. I doubt I doubt you listen to this, but shout out to you. <laughs> in case <laughs> but, you are, yeah, in case you are. But uh, yeah, add to uh, gave me free tickets to that, and it was cool because it was the first time I saw Chance perform too. Because I didn't really get the whole appeal of uh, of acid rap, but I love Chance as a performer. I could still say he's probably maybe my favorite performer. He might not be my favorite rapper, but I can say he's definitely my fa- one of my favorite performers. Definitely, in his last tour, like he went all out, like mm-hmm. every single puppet. Um, was amazing. No one else could do that. Yeah. It was almost like a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would, when Lion King came back out and like on Broadway, mm-hmm. he was going to see Lion King like every week what? as he traveled. Yeah. He tweeted about it, like posted on Instagram, Snapchat every time. I was like, yeah, I want to see Lion King again. Go to see Lion King again. Hey, I have an extra ticket. Who wants to go see Bruh, Lion King? That's why. And then seeing. Like, this last album developed, seeing this last, even Surf, I hear elements in Surf that are very much, like, Lion King-esque in the score. And then the artwork for Somewhere in Paradise, seeing the tour live, is, like, very much Lion King-inspired, mm-hmm. not only in terms of, like, the characters, but also in terms of just, like, interactions amongst the characters mm-hmm. and how it's delivered, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great because I think he's almost making it, um, almost making his music almost like family friendly for his daughter. If, yeah. if, if that's even something he's trying to do, but I think I like that if he's trying to do that, but it it works and it's such a positive positive move to do. So I'm I'm excited for to see where he goes with that positive positivity and more of this uh, very religious like uh, God driven uh, way of creating music, which is really great. Yeah, I saw an article the other day. It was like. Um, Coloring Book is the gospel album that Kanye couldn't deliver. True. And I was just like, yeah. He was at the same shit about Because the Internet. They said Because the Internet was almost like Jesus, what Jesus mm-hmm. should have been. So People still hated on Because the Internet. I was so mad. Really? People still hated. How? I don't know how. Like He made a fucking script. Yeah, exactly. He still hasn't shot the incredible. movie. Yeah. Which I don't know why yeah he's so dumb he just did like the small clips on his website and that was it yeah exactly and right maybe like the week before it officially dropped um he released the script online Mm -hmm. the address was because the enter.net he went to it as the full script played out and it was like play song one here Mm -hmm. so this is for track listing before songs were out and Mm -hmm. like okay this is cool and like all you have is like the video that was completely silent and Mm -hmm. all the text this was really cool and then there was one that was play secret song Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Like, yeah, yeah. Song. Like his subreddit was just on fire oh, trying to figure that people out. People were crazy. They and he was like all about coding. Mm-hmm. So people like broke down the code for his website, mm-hmm. for Twitter, wherever he, they could look. Mm-hmm. They were trying to find tidbits, and I think it took them until Stone Mountain Kauai. Yeah, um, that was like the beach picnic version of mm-hmm. 2005. Someone told, someone uh, someone thought it was like a seed for him, like someone from his crew that like was just like, oh, here's this little hint and. That's what some people think. That that it was just some uh, someone within his crew that just dropped that in to, for them to figure out. Oh man, it was it was ridiculous. Like the the fans were going insane. That's something like I wish more people would do. Like make it a hunt for mm-hmm. something. Like that's cool. Like whether it's Chance, whether it's Kanye, whether it's Hove, if he puts another album out. Yeah. Like 
don't give it to them all at once. Yeah, create a more create more of an experience in a way. I think why did I feel like the gorillas were doing something like that? Or I I felt like they were doing something like that. Where my friend told me something that they were doing something to that. Uh, but even this gorilla comeback is really cool. Just uh, the fact that they haven't made an album in a minute, and I just love. Like, I haven't really been into the music, but I've been telling people that I just, I've always loved their, their branding and what they've done. Yeah. Uh, basically, visually, uh, with these, uh, with the new music video they dropped, and then uh, just their album art in general. Uh, just the fact, because I think it's interesting that, like, with people like Daft Punk and the Gorillas, like, because they're such, they're almost, like, inhuman in a way, like, they can live forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what, uh, me and my friends were talking about one time, the idea that Daft Punk could die, but their music could still live on. Like, it could just be two random dudes in the helmets still creating this music. Yeah, like, yeah it's true. They're so anonymous mm-hmm. that, like, when it comes to, like, an official release of their deaths, they could just say, oh, like, like their real names, right? Mm-hmm. Their birth given names that they've died. And people are like, oh. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Exactly. Okay. And then, like, you'll still see Daft Punk releasing music. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. But... I could definitely see that with gorillas too. To a degree, like they could definitely pass the torch on to a new wave to keep it going. But Damon Albarn is so, so smart. Like I saw him play at South by a couple years ago, just himself, at like this barbecue place. It was random, a Stubbs barbecue down in Austin. Okay. Um, it was like just him, and there's maybe like five hundred people there, and I got dragged there because. We left a Lady Gaga show that was just like super weird. There was like a, there was a Lady Gaga show, like an intimate Lady Gaga. Oh yeah, that's crazy. It, it was the weirdest show I've ever been to. Weirdest show. She brought her friend on stage, um, who was like a vomit artist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that even makes sense, but what she would do is she would drink paint and then throw up the paint on mm-hmm. Lady Gaga as she was performing, and claims it as art. And it was just so weird. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to go now. That's, <laughs> like, that's fucking weird. Like, Bad Romance was the one song I made it through. I was like, I mm-hmm. can't do this anymore. Yeah, like, <laughs> even her Super Bowl performance, I didn't, I wasn't fucking with that. Oh, no? Mm-mm. Because it was just, it was too weird. And then, uh, even the fact that she's basically sub- playing the substitute for Beyonce Coachella, like, I wouldn't, them they maybe just want to give my ticket away. And that's, yeah. that makes me glad I didn't even buy a ticket. Yeah, I didn't even care that Lady Gaga was put on, which mm-hmm. I was just like, whatever. Like, yeah. She already played the Super Bowl. She's already going on a world tour. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. It's Coachella. Bring someone Yeah, no one cares. Are you going? Are you going to Coachella? I am not. Oh. No. Have yet to go. I, yeah, I've never gone either. I, I wanted to go, but then, I don't know, the lineups never just screamed out to me to say, uh, to say it's worth going to. Yeah. But I think it's more, I guess people are saying it's more of the experience, because I would, I would like to go once and say I went, basically. Yeah. But it's, it'll be fun. I want to I go to it, like, hooked up like behind the curtains backstage mm-hmm. exactly from yeah. there because like the festival experience is cool but i don't think i could handle coachella like it's the most festival of festivals mm-hmm. like, it's so packed so tight like, yeah. if you want to go to like the headline show you have to like make sure to plan your day around that mm-hmm. go to the stage probably two hours if not more in mm-hmm. advance and miss out on other shows yeah it's the worst yeah because but I'm excited for what, what's going to happen this year, like, especially with Kendrick's performance. And then it's nice, uh, like, Golink is kind of a homie, like, or he's, yeah. he's a homie of a homie. Uh, like, because he's from the, the DMV, too, so uh, I know some he's people. from like, Virginia? Yeah, he's, he's from, from Virginia. Virginia. Like, it's crazy. Like, he actually went to a high school that was, like, down the street from me. I, okay. Yeah, so th- that's why a friend of mine, he actually was doing his his branding when he was first coming up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, he's from, he's from Virginia. 
so it, that's gonna be cool to actually see him uh, playing at Coachella for the first time. How'd you like his album? It was good. It needs to grow me a little more, but I do appreciate the uh, the DC feel of it. it. Makes you makes me feel like I'm back at home, which is really good. Just like all the different references, like the references to Go Go. Uh, I, I was the Kokomo freestyle where, where I didn't even know that was about. Uh, that's based on a guy, like, there's a guy named Kokomo that does uh, freestyles on buses in D.C. Oh. So that's where that name oh, came from, comes from. Uh, and, like, there's so many D.C. connections. Like, Maya has a feature on it. I didn't even know Maya was from D.C. Oh. Until I heard that. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, Shy Glizzy. Okay. Uh, yeah, Wale. Uh, Brent Fayez. Uh, Shy Glizzy. Yeah, I never said Shy Glizzy. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. It really has that really homey vibe. And, uh... I can't really say any any bad things about it. I, I what I've heard is I've enjoyed, so I just need to give it a few more listens. I go straight to one song every time I start the album. I just go straight to her side story. Yeah. What is uh, what is that other what, what the people that are featured on it? Hair Squad. Yeah. Oh my god, they're so good. I so just got their song. song. Yeah. It's their song that um, the he then sampled and then reworked into like his own verses. Mm-hmm. So they're and technically not like featured on it. They're just they have a feature and production credit. Gosh, which is crazy cool because that's their first like major credit. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like Pigeons is fucking with them heavy right now. Yeah. And they've only released I think a four track EP. Yeah. Track. I, yeah, I think I've. Yeah, I checked him out once I once I uh, once I heard this and I was like, this is really good. Yeah. So they have their own song with like the original with. Um, like their first two verses and then Jesse's hooks and then I think I don't know how it came to be maybe Golding's just really fucked with it and it's like I kind of want this song like yeah. this song is so good the mm-hmm. beat's good and just wanted to rap on it and yeah like, and then sure. Crew has just, just just been that crazy good single uh, like um, just I've been re- I've been really happy to uh, Brent Fayez and Sondra like they're oh, yeah. so good like yeah. I'm seeing them on the 19th at the Hollywood Cemetery okay yeah that's gonna be a lot of fun I'm, I'm excited for that one of my friends is like really good friends with Brent. Nice. So she's like, yeah, we go to like all the Grammy parties together. Um, like we're going to all the shows. Like he has me hooked up here, hooked up here. And I was like, damn. Yeah, dude even has a billboard on Sunset yeah. Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Like on the right side if you're going um, like past Chick-fil-A. Sunset. Yeah, like past yeah. Chick-fil-A. I was just like, wow. I didn't think he was like that big. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like I was like, how did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> That's like prime position. It is, too, yeah. You're like, coming yeah. home. Mm-hmm. Anywhere from Four thirty to seven, you're seeing it. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. definitely got a lot of views mm-hmm. off of it. Yeah, like it's yeah, he's a yeah. I'm excited to to hear what else he does. I'm um, I'm hoping he sounds like it a lot too. Basically, I'm sure he will. Yeah. Saunders cool. Yeah, Saunders cool. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, let's see. Oh, one thing I want I want to talk about was uh was have you heard the Cameron song uh hundred thousand miles where yeah. he sampled uh. Where you sampled Vanessa Carlton, 1,000 Miles. Yeah, I was going through new yeah. releases last week. Like, I was eating breakfast, and I was playing through, like, every single release on a playlist I made. And, like, the beat comes on. I was like, the heck is this? Kill a cam. So, like, get off my, uh, yeah. get off Chrome and, like, go to Spotify. I was like, camera on 10,000 Miles. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was like, this is interesting. I don't really know what to feel. Yeah. I think he tried. Like, I, uh, the one thing I gotta say is I appreciate the fact that Cameron wants to be a trendsetter. Like, it worked at first when he was trying to make Pink work, but yeah, I don't think it. I think this is one of those times that real, where you realize that everything he does isn't really gonna be successful. So it's giving love though. I appreciate the effort though. 
Um, I read an article. Uh, I'm not sure where. It might be the fader. It's like Cameron tells like a cinematic love story in his video. And so like they're praising him for the video and for like the visuals put on with it and the storytelling. Mm-hmm. But like the song is just cheesy. Like, it every is. time you hear the yeah. song, no matter if you're maybe like 16 now to like 35 if you hear that song you're thinking of white girls exactly and it's hard to do anything after that even mm-hmm. if it's his greatest rap ever it's still a song from white girls i gotta admit though i could see i mean people have done uh people have made like successful like white pop songs like that where like like i i think i got into lana Del Rey because of joe budden because joe because oh. joe budden sampled uh, one I forgot which Lana Del Rey song, but it it uh it made me wonder who is this? This is really good. Yeah. And uh, so maybe you trying to reach out to someone that's never heard Vanessa Carlton before. So that's knows. true. Maybe it's like a new wave of people is trying to hit. Exactly. Like that was something good for like a new artist, but Cameron's like done. Yeah, so he it's has, not like he he's can pretty like, make done. Yeah, a long lasting career off of yeah. this. Yeah, like his one. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely think more samples should always be used. I'm a huge sample fan. Yeah. But if I could see one person making it work, was I don't know, Fabulous? I could see Fabulous. Fab can make it work, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Fab, Fab can make it work. Because, I, I don't know, Fab... I think he, Fab just has a cockiness to him where he has, like, something just, like, like this extract that makes you think, like, he's comfortable with... He's comfortable in this lane, no yeah. matter what he does. So, you gotta appreciate it. Oh, do you have, like, a good Jeezy verse or Jeezy hook on that could be cool? I could see that, His yeah. His voice is just, like, so unique to me. Like, I would, Throwback to like maybe like yeah. 07, 08 Jeezy. I'm just like, this is amazing. Yeah. Where'd you go? I want this. Yeah, like I, like the Motivation 101, like all that, all that shit just makes you, makes you wish, makes you think of a better time. What do you think of his last one? His last, uh, last album? Jeezy's? Yeah. I don't think I've heard it. What? All right. I don't want to say it was Thug Motivation 103. Hold on, let's see. Trapper Die 3. Yeah, Trapper Die 3. That was it. See October twenty sixteen. I I don't remember it too much, but I, I just remember it wasn't as good as albums I'd heard in the past. Like it it wasn't as good as the recession, or it wasn't as good as Sub Motivation One One or the Inspiration. It's got a French feature, Wheezy, Chris Brown, the Ply song. I'm already interested in just looking at the song name Sex mm. A, the the accent over the E kind mm. of flair to it. So I'll, I'll probably listen to that on my ride home after this yeah. for sure <laughs> and see what that's all about. Yeah. Um, it looks like he's doing his own thing now because it got released under his own name with a licensed Def Jam. So that's good for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. making moves. I, I think he, I'm glad he's taking ownership of the snowman again because uh, that was that was a huge thing that definitely got my attention when he first started. Were you... Uh, were you one of those schools that uh, that banned the snowman when you were in when you were in school? No. What? Does what? That mean? Oh man, I'm a, this must this has to be like an East Coast thing then, because I because what happened was that I remember in middle school and high school when Jeezy was first coming out, like we were like pretty much the snowman was basically banned from being worn. Oh. Because because uh, like uh, people in the county already knew that it meant drugs. Yeah. So, but That's I didn't know fun. that. I, I wasn't even into Jeezy in high school. I, I was so into my lyrical Lupe Fiasco shit. And I didn't even get into Jeezy maybe until maybe like the last year or two. Like, yeah. that's when I really started fucking with him. That's funny. Him. He 
cause a dress code issue mm-hmm. in like middle schools and high schools. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't have that. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Band. I, don't, I didn't wear anything. With oh, snowman, yeah, obviously. I remember they would sell it, but I, I, I never owned anything. Hmm. Like, the, like the airbrush tees and all that stuff. Like, yeah. uh, they would have those, but I, I never wore one. But <laughs> <laughs> I do remember them being banned. Yeah, stuff like that is it's crazy. Like, just setting the trend. Yep, gotta love it. Let's see what else can we talk about. Um, of course, I. Of course, like, have you heard about? How are you feeling about this? Uh, this live action Lion King movie? Because we were just talking about Chance and Lion King. How do you feel about that? Are you are you excited about it? Or I am. Are you like tired of all these live action ones with Beauty and the Beast and Jungle Book and shit? Um, I I'm actually really excited for it. Like Beauty and the Beast was never really into so it's like kind of like passive to me like oh cool you guys made it mm-hmm. it's doing really well at the box office mm-hmm. so that's good to see but lion king and i could probably speak for like 80 percent of like our age group like lion king hit home for basically everyone, yeah, like you know? got everybody hyped no matter if you were a boy no matter if you were a girl no matter if you were four when it came out no matter if you were 12 like, mm-hmm. it was amazing and the first was it the first announcement on it that Donald Glover yeah was gonna voice someone mm-hmm. who's he voicing uh, he's playing Simba he's he, playing he, Simba he's playing Simba and James Earl Jones is playing Mufasa again oh yeah that's gonna be good and and then now there's news that Beyonce might be Nala like she's like the top choice not right now to be Nala that would be amazing that would be dope like hearing her and Gambino like doing like a duet together like of Can You Feel the Love Tonight that would be that would oh, make my life. Yeah, especially if it's like an Awaken My Love. Exactly. With him singing that, I would... That would make my life. I would buy that mm-hmm. in any form that's yeah purchasable. I'll mm-hmm. take it. Yeah, and I'm especially wondering like, who, they, <laughs> who they're going to cast for the rest of the, for the, rest of the movie. It's, it's going to be If they get exciting. Beyonce for Nala, they have to get A-listers. They have to, yeah. Other thing. Like, there's no way. Yeah. They can only make it those three. I know. Like, there's just so much... Like, they, they might have to spend, like, half the money on Beyonce just that to get true. her into it. But they're going to make so much. They are, they're sure, make... yeah. Like, that's already a given. That movie's going to make a lot of money, so that's going to be exciting. Like, the Broadway play made so much money. You're going to bring this, like, to a format accessible to millions more and to a wider demographic. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to break records. Yeah. Did you see any of the other live-action ones? Did you see, like, Jungle Book or Beyonce? Didn't see Jungle Book. Um, I wanted to. That looked amazing. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I've, I've never seen the animated version, so. Oh really? Mm-mm. Never. I, I don't. I can't recall like exact moments of it. Like I'm sure. I yeah, saw I just it. know the bare necessity song, and that's about yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> Sorry to, yeah, uh, that, to the yeah, creators. Yeah, but... shout out to shout out to the Disney lovers. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, that should be exciting. So, let's see what else. Oh, I guess we can talk about the, uh, the Kendrick video, like, because uh, rumor has it that he's dropping an album on Friday. Oh, so, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. The, there was a rumor track list I saw. Oh, um, I didn't know if that was legit or not, so I, I, I paid it no mind. Oh, really? Yeah. But oh, if, you wanna, I paid if, you wanna, if you want to read it, read it out, I, I will listen. I paid it so much mind. <laughs> I was like, if this is true, please. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there was, like, two Kanye features on it. So we have Purple Hibiscus. Potentially, this is not confirmed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think a t- an album title has been 
uh, been put out yet either. Mm-hmm. And that's produced by Terrace Martin. You have another Rocky produced song, um, DJ Dahi, Terrace Martin, Thundercat together. If this one is true, featuring Anderson Pac and Anna Wise, mm. potential three stacks feature produced by Kanye. I and could see that. I could see that being like they all make sense. Yeah, like that's what kind of like to a point where I'm just like, yeah, maybe because sometimes they overdo it on like the the fake track list, like when all the track lists mm-hmm. come out for Kanye. Like they'll put a random cameo that you a random feature that you know is not gonna happen. That or every song has like four A list all out features. It mm-hmm. was like on one of the Kanye track lists. It was like, oh, Kanye featuring Kendrick, Drake, Jay Z. It's like. No. Yeah, that's never gonna happen. Yeah. Ever. Like they did, uh, what was that song? Uh, Forever? Or, Forever, yeah, like for- the Sprite yeah. one, or is Eminem, yeah. Drake, Kanye, and there was a fourth. Yeah, Eminem, Drake, Kanye, uh, Lil Wayne. Yes, Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne yeah. Lil Wayne, for sure. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, I guess that kind of made sense because I was for like a, uh, like a LeBron James documentary, I guess. Or, at the time, Drake was still, like, the cool kid, like, mm-hmm. who was next up. So it's yeah. not like today getting Drake, Kanye, Eminem, exactly. Lil Wayne together. So it was, like, actually obtainable. Yeah, even in, uh, even in, what is uh, that, that Drake and Kanye song uh, that was on Views? Um, on Views or? Uh, the one that had, like, the small Jay-Z cameo. Oh, um... But she yeah, was featuring the throne. Yeah, exactly. Even that one, like they hyped it up, and uh, it made you, it made you think that it made you that almost seemed fake too, just because of the hype alone. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I can I know exactly where I was when I came out. I was driving on like a highway in Columbus back to the airport to mm-hmm. come back to town, and it came out. And I was driving with my mom, and I was like, "Mom, I know like you don't care, but like there's a song. It's Drake, mm-hmm. Jay Z, and Kanye. So like." I need the ox chord. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that that's song. the ox. And it was insane. And then he took Kanye's verse out on the album. I think Kanye and Jay-Z's party took mm-hmm. the one, the throne off the track. But I, I, whenever I listen to the album version that's just Drake, I still sing Kanye's verse, like right when I, like, yeah. where it should be. Just because it, like, it felt so right. And mm-hmm. now it like, feels empty. Yeah. But... Like, I don't think there will ever be a Watch the Throne 2. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, I was, just, I was just about to ask you that. Because the thing I regret is that I, I didn't really get on the, uh, the hype train of Watch the Throne when it came out. Oh. Like, I really wasn't into it at the time. I, don't, uh, I, was, I was like, eh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, and then it made me regret, like, even not seeing them live. Cause, yeah. Yeah. That show, I was talking to someone Did the other day. No. Um, she was telling me that, like, she saw Kanye and Jay-Z on the Watch the Throne tour in London at O2. I mm. was like, that just sounds Damn. amazing. Like, I'm yeah. so jealous of you. But like that album, you have Frank on the intro of The Dream, Beyonce. Um, yeah, but now I, I love it. Like, I, I think someone even tried to compare them. Like, they tried to compare them to Run the Jewels at one point. Oh. Uh, just the different functionalities of the two. Like, I... Like Run the Jewels is like very in, the, in your pocket or very in your face, but then uh, the throne, Watch the Throne is very relaxed, but it's, it's very it's very poppy, but it's very celebratory at the same at the yeah, same time. It's, it's like it's not I want to say arrogant, but it's like extremely fun. Yes, yeah. Like you, could, no matter like where you are in your life, 
for like those that might rank this at their one or two right mm-hmm. now, like they're probably could play this song and feel good instantly. No yeah, I think it's because I had like high expectations for them too. Like I expected it to be like super lyrical, but I love the now that now that I'm kind of going out more and uh, like with parties and stuff. I think it's more fun just the fact that they're less lyrical and that yeah. they're more they're more having fun <laughs> with, with what they're creating. I remember in college, it was my freshman year. Paris was at every single party. Mm-hmm. Like you could go from one house to the next and not miss a beat mm-hmm. in the song just because everyone yeah, loved it was, it. it. it was everywhere, yeah. And you were bound to hear it at least 10 times a night. What was, uh, do you remember how many times did they play when they actually played it Paris and Paris? Oh, you remember shoot, that? Yeah. They might have played it like 10 times in a row. Like, that it was, was fun, <laughs> yeah. Like, that was like a once in a lifetime thing. Like, that, that was incredible. The crowd was probably so exhausted. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, just like rapping the whole thing, mm-hmm. just, jumping. Just going like, oh yeah, we're going to do it again. And then, <laughs> Uh, even the video was really cool. Just the whole mirroring dynamic was really fun. Did you go to the Yeezus, or not Yeezus, sort of the uh, Pablo tour? I did. I did. I I saw, I think it was like one of the last shows at the Forum, but it was oh, it was, okay. it was a lot of fun. I, I kind of was, I was almost not going to go, but a friend had a ticket, and I thought, okay, sure, this is, this is going to be fun. But once I actually got there, because I was on the floor, mm-hmm. so I was, Oh, so you got like an actual like, experience. Yeah, it was like an actual experience, because everyone was almost like chasing uh, chasing his his stage the entire time, which was a lot of fun, and huh. it was it was it was more of a uh, it was more of an experience like with the motions and all that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's crazy. I've never seen Kanye live. Really? I've never seen Kanye yeah, live. Yeah, like favorite rapper. And I haven't. Seen uh, I've I, I've only seen him like I've seen him twice, but it was it wasn't like during it was during random instance. I saw him during the 808s tour, or mm-hmm. no. Uh, when he was doing 808s at the Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, that was a lot of fun. I just bought a ticket at the last minute, and I was like, I kind of want to go to this. Uh, and then just off the cuff, I just went to uh, Pablo. I don't even know why I didn't go to 808s, because uh, me and my roommate, we bought tickets for um, Summer Ends Festival mm-hmm. that weekend, like right when they announced it. Yeah. And it was it was like in Tucson, Arizona. It's, it was Kanye, Vic, Chance. Damn. Um, I don't even know who else, but it's just like I was excited by those three alone. Yeah, like, where is Vic? Like, I haven't ever heard from him. In a um, time. he got arrested. Yeah, is he still? Is he still like dealing with that? Or? Yeah. So I read, Damn. I read up on it, um, because I heard about it maybe like two weeks after. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's crazy. Like, let me look it up. Never looked it up. Looked it up the other day, and what happened was he got pulled over, uh, just like a normal traffic stop maybe, mm-hmm. and he informed them that he had. Like a concealed carry. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, okay. So, like, he showed him the paperwork and it wasn't like filed correctly for the state of California. It was filed for like Illinois or something that didn't cover California. So, although he did have the paperwork, it just wasn't like super technical to mm. cover the state. And so he might get fucked. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. Cause like him and him and Chance, like, they were almost like, they were they were going out there and like, Plus, he's on Rock Nation, so you think Jay Z would maybe help him out or something? Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you'd hope. I saw him um, walking up Franklin, like out of a vinyl store. Oh, when? Like maybe two months ago. Gotcha. Um, which is really cool. But I wish the best. I hope he's not. Yeah. In jail for a while. Yeah, he's had a good comment, but uh, like sixteen shots was good. Like that whole album. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was really definitive. It was. It was really. It told a lot. I really appreciate it, especially with uh, the last song where he was describing like everything he's gone through. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. That album was very introspective into his life, especially from it was a huge change because everything he's done has been very 
I wouldn't say joyful, but very like upbeat, very fun. Like, yeah. I feel like you met with Kanye. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like very like chauvinistic. Like, yeah. Fuck the world. Like I'm gonna do my own yeah, thing. Like, yeah. And now he released the album, the EP. I'm just like, okay, whole another side of it. Yeah, he's such a different dude from like that down on my luck guy. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, like, I remember, like, even the Orange Soda days, like, Orange Soda yeah. is still probably one of my favorite songs from him. Just, yeah. yeah. Like, he had so many good, like, summertime songs, and, like, I... Uh, like, what was that, like, 2013, 2014? Yeah, 2013, and, uh, what was... And then, uh, his band, the, the band Kids he was in, days. yeah, Kids These Days was I good. love Kids These Days. Like, yeah, it sounds like disbanded, yeah. Sort of, but if they didn't disband, I don't think... We would have gotten, like, the full big that we got. I don't think we would have gotten the full chance that we got. How, how so? Tell me more. Because Nico. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He's these days. Yeah. And he is a crucial member mm-hmm. of Social Experiment. Yeah. And it's just, like, he showed, like, they were all friends at the time. They mm-hmm. still are. But it was, like, he then went to help Chance out, and it took off. That makes sense. And I don't know if... I'm sure Social Experiment would have been a thing, but I don't know what the direction of it would have been yeah. or what the sound would have been without Nico. Yeah. Like, he's such a crucial, crucial member. Something I've been wondering, like, is it a coincidence that Social Experiment is socks and, like, it's uh, the white socks with Chicago? Oh, yeah. I didn't uh, even know that. Like, I, <coughs> I think I, I heard an explanation of, like, that's how the three happened. Like, there, at first it was uh, Social Experiment with the socks and then he was trying to get, like, a socks endorsement. Oh. But uh, the socks were they were like, oh, maybe you can like uh, be in some commercials for us, but we can't really be like you can't really be like a full spokesperson for the socks. So he just so that's how the three came about for his hat was that I oh. because uh, he was I uh, yeah he was saying this during an interview. Uh, so he just basically wanted to create his own merchandise or like create an identity with the hat because the socks were really like giving him like the full chance, no no pun intended, that he needed yeah. for I. Uh, uh, and that's how the happy the happy became such a big deal for him. Huh. Because, yeah, for a long time, he was just endorsing the White Sox. He was just wearing nothing but a White Sox hat all the time. Yeah, exactly. That. And then he got the chance to design his own White Sox hat that mm-hmm. they sold um, like a year ago today at their opening day last season. And oh, that's three right. Colors. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like, um, there was a black, there was a gray. I think I have the gray one. You have the gray yeah, one? Yeah, I have the gray one. And they sold out instantly online they sold out at opening day mm-hmm. and then i think they just i think that might have been the first thing for the team to like see in him mm-hmm. and then everything he was just doing for the city yeah as well and then they're like okay sure take us cellular i'm pretty sure that's the ballpark if not yeah yeah because i think um, that's where he did uh magnificent coloring day yeah yeah and then just let him have the whole ballpark for the mm-hmm. for the show yeah, he did, yeah, like I'm, I'm excited to see what he does for Chicago this summer or whatever this year. What's crazy is he's closing Lala again. Mm. He did it. He did it in 2014. Mm-hmm. Was the closer, and at that point, like, Chance then is nowhere to where Chance exactly. Is now. Like he was still like yeah, he was still like very to the world lucky. to like the Lala people. They're expecting like Radiohead or some like something crazy to close out Sunday night mm-hmm. and. His chance. It's yeah. Like people that weren't really like into hip hop really knew what was coming up. They're like, "Who the fuck is this?" Mm-hmm. But the people that knew what was good, they're like, "Oh shit! Like, let's do it." Mm-hmm. Hometown boy closing the show. Like his growth has just been so crazy. Like, uh, like when you say like he started out, when did Tende come out? Maybe like twenty twelve. Tende came out twenty 
2010, maybe 2010, 2011. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, like just his, his growth has been crazy. Just I. The fact that uh, he's just been this kid that got that was like I got to spend it now he's just basically getting all these Grammys just off of a mixtape which yeah. is incredible. It's yeah. it's wild. I've loved when I first heard Tende, I could tell from the tone of his voice. It wasn't even like what he was rapping about. Like first listen, mm-hmm. it wasn't production. It was the tone of his voice. I was like, this guy's different. Was like, I'm gonna keep listening to this. Yeah. And then I was like, this is amazing. Like he doesn't carry so far. And then it would switch up acid rap came out and i came home like from school that summer and i remember like i was in the car with my friend i was like yo like, do you know chance and he's mm-hmm. like no i was like okay well this is project acid rap it's mm-hmm. insane yeah like good ass intro just alone oh, just grabs you in yeah. like what is this he had action bronson he had absol the absol song was insane because i remember the video for it first mm-hmm. um it was just a snippet and i don't know if there was audio for it mm-hmm. but it was basically all these crazy shots of the two of them like riding on like low riders like on the hood driving them but their eyes were all like blacked out mm-hmm. like, almost like black contact lenses type mm-hmm. style and it was just a crazy cool concept and it was like, oh shit yeah like i need this and it came out the day like I was driving home from school, like back to Cincinnati for the summer, so I just listened to it for the whole ride. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. It. That's what's up. That's amazing. Yeah, like I, I'm, yeah. He's, he, wait, how do you feel about uh, Taylor Bennett? Have you have you heard any of his stuff? Yeah, I like Taylor Bennett a lot. Uh, she's very fun. Um, I think it kind of hurts that he's Chance's brother. Yeah, because like I, everyone, a lot of people, a lot of people I've known that have heard his music, like they kind of downplay it because he sounds a lot like Chance. So, yeah, but so he's, it's been kind of really to good. To know it. His last mixtape was insane. And it was funny because Lil Yachty was like, I think I gave Taylor the better verse, mm-hmm. even like over Chance. Mm-hmm. And Chance retweeted and was like, dude, what? Like, no, yeah. how could you? But I loved it. It was really good. Um, I think ultimately if he if he had released it, like he's going to do well because mm-hmm. he's ultimately making good music. And it will help that he's Chance's brother. He's going to get a lot more plays and yeah. a lot more viewers. But I don't know, like, in terms of, like, sustaining a fan base. That's true. Because a lot of his plays are people checking it out from random blogs, random sources saying, oh, Chance's brother, mm-hmm. not a mixtape. Yeah, even with the whole coming out thing, too, the fact that he, uh, and I say he was bisexual, that's kind of giving some him some attraction, too. So maybe, I don't know, people are just curious. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. But I think ultimately, if he, were, if he had released it under, like, almost like an anonymous name yeah kept himself like behind curtains not even like coming out on twitter and saying like oh check my mixtape out oh Mm -hmm. just release this like not even doing any of that shit and just having like another account where it's like just like artists behind the scenes where no one knows who they are Mm -hmm. he would have gotten like a lot more love because all the same blog would be fucking with it yeah he would have chance to back it he would have pat to back it he would have everyone that's already backing it backing it but who knows yeah, who know, who knows? Are you gonna see him? I think he's playing at the Viola Gallery. Like, where's that? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't even a, know what that is. A, a homie of mine used to, I went to a show there a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's like a very small venue, but I, I think he's playing there. I want to say June. I want to say in June, but uh, that should be that should be fun. I, I don't think I'm, I don't know if I'm going or not, but uh, it's really interesting to see. It's really cool to see him going on tour and just like fully like expanding his brand because yeah. i know he's, he's gonna he's gonna do some cool things yeah, i remember i was like 
think I went up to Phil's on Sunset, and I was just, like, walking up, and, like, I was on Instagram just scrolling through, and I was like, oh, Taylor Vintage just released a mixtape? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Plug it right in, like, right when I got in the car. Nice. And it was really cool. Really cool. Oh, that's right. We were, uh, we are talking about, uh, Kendrick, because, uh, oh, because I think we were talking about the features, and then we just yeah, like, bounced yeah. off to, we were talking about Chan. I... Oh, well, let's talk about the video. Like, uh, we could we could talk about um, we can talk about humble. How do you, how do you feel about it? Love it. Mm-hmm. The video is insane. There is one scene where he's cutting, like essentially turns the camera at a new angle of himself, and then like zooms out instantly, mm-hmm. turns it again, zooms out instantly. It was something that's like this is insane. Yeah, I really want to know. Like, I, I would love to see like a behind the scenes of how they did like like certain shots or created certain uh create certain experiences like that. You know when like he has his head on fire mm-hmm. on the one scene too. I was like this is wild. Like yeah. I first saw it on an Instagram video. Like someone had posted it on Instagram. And I was like, oh yeah that photo was everywhere of him just like with the uh like the guys with, with ropes in their heads and because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even notice it uh in another podcast I listened to they were talking about how it's a jail yard. I didn't realize that it was possibly oh. a jail yard. Or a, a, a jail yard scene, basically. Huh. That's really that's really interesting if that's true. I, will, I ultimately want a movie from Kendrick. A mm-hmm. visual movie from yeah, Kendrick. Yeah, like, he, I, one thing I could say is that his videos have gotten better. Because, I, I can, well, his concepts have always been good, but his videos have gotten better. Because I remember, I, what is that song? I, that song where he's, like, rapping fast on Section 80. I, I killed him, amen, that song. I, Rigor Mortis, that was yeah. it. Rigor Mortis. Uh, the concept is cool. Like he's uh, he's like this homeless guy, and it's like he's like uh, we'll cook your favorite rapper for food or something like that. Like that concept was really cool, but the the video was very mediocre. But just the concept, the the executions are getting a lot better, especially with All Right. Like that All Right video was incredible. Yeah, I that whole album, Purple Butterfly, yeah. like that was played in my car so many times. Yeah, like, I really stuff like, Actual CDs I bought. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, my grandpa gave me a like a Best Buy gift card for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I was like, the fuck am I gonna use this for? And I just went and just bought CDs. Mm-hmm. And one was the Pimp a Butterfly, and one was Wale. And Wale like stayed in the glove department forever. Like whenever I wanted to switch something up. Wait, Wale album? Um, let me see. It was one of his most recent. That was pretty good all around. I really like. I, I feel like I gave. Uh, I stopped giving Wale a chance. Was it? Was it album about nothing? Album about nothing. Uh, I I love mixtape about nothing more about nothing, but I never gave album about nothing a chance. Like I loved the white shoes. Um, there was one, the helium balloon. It's like a really cool concept. Like with Jerry Seinfeld talking about it. It's like the more you want something. <coughs> the more you try and let it go and you just like keep like testing your boundary mm-hmm. so with the helium balloon he's talking about a kid with a balloon kind of just letting go grabbing the string mm-hmm. letting go grabs the string and he's like eventually you let it go and you like let it go too far you can't grab it back and it's over and it's just like whether it's a relationship whether it's like an emotional relationship romantic whether it's a work relationship friendship it's like you can't like let it go and expect it to like be able to be within grasp at all mm-hmm. times. Um, I was just like, this is like a really deep metaphor for a Wale album. Yeah. Wait, was this was, was this a metaphor for the song or the or the whole album? It was the whole like one song. Yeah. There's like there's shit like that on every one. There's Damn, one like a roller wild. coaster, um, like that they're actually like um, just using like the sound effects from a roller coaster, like the tick, the tick basically when you're mm-hmm. going up the hill. 
it's straight so I feel like talking about um, like life and marriage and then it's like once you hit the top like you're at the peak and then it's really like only downhill from there I can totally really I, I think I've had thoughts about that when it comes to love and marriage because you realize things are only going to get because you realize things aren't going to be the same again once you reach like a certain peak yeah yeah so it's just like I don't know if while they came up with those metaphors or if Jerry Seinfeld did and mm-hmm. it was like narrated it. Yeah, I love that chemistry. Was... Like, I would never have expected that, that Wally was just a huge Seinfeld guy. Well, do you know the story about it? Mm-mm. Um, Jerry Seinfeld's wife found his mixtape. Oh. Mixtape about nothing. And was like, Jerry, like, do you know this Wally guy? Like, he just used like the Seinfeld concept for his mixtape. And he's like, no. She's like, okay, here, listen to it. Listen to it. He's like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then reach out to Wale. No way. Friends. I always wondered how that happened. So, but I, I think even lately I got in, I started getting into Seinfeld because oh. I never I never liked it as a kid, but I, I remember my mom used to watch it all the time. But I'm, so I'm like, a, lately. Oh, it's I'm, one of my favorite shows yeah, ever. I need to get into it a little, a little more. I, I think I'll, I stopped watching because uh, I've been catching up on Hulu, but I just stopped watching, but I need to catch up again. Yeah, I wish... I wish there was a modern day Seinfeld, but I don't think mm-hmm. there were ever. Yeah, it was like lightning in a bottle in a way. It's and it's like the the format is will be extinct. Maybe by the time this like another Seinfeld is written, mm-hmm. it won't be as impactful. I don't think. Yeah. Everyone sat down and watched it in the nineties. Yeah. Whereas now, if it comes out tomorrow, if it comes out in ten years. What's gonna be the format it'll be consumed in? If it's mm-hmm. Netflix, if it's Hulu, like people made it a part of their like family time. To yeah. Sit down at dinner, watch it. Sit down, eat dinner, watch Seinfeld together every single week. And if it ever anything's that good, and say it goes on Netflix, okay, it's consumed all today. Yeah. Like, did you like Curb Your Enthusiasm, or do you watch? Are you into that? I didn't watch much? much of it. Um, because I remember my parents would watch it when I'd go to bed. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't watch this. Oh, and I'd be like, yeah. oh, okay. And I was like, I was like a little chubby kid, so I'd always want snacks, right? And so I'd come <laughs> out of my room, and I'm like, oh, like, I'm real hungry. Like, I want a snack. Mm-hmm. They would pause it. And I was like, damn, like, that was oh, my, man. that was my sneak to try yeah. to watch. I don't even get why why it was that bad, even though it was on HBO. What, I don't really think there was any that much that was too offensive about it. I think it was really just language. It was just like. I'm exposed to all of this anyways. Exactly, like, yeah. Do you realize the music I'm buying mm-hmm. right now? <laughs> I've only seen a few episodes. Like, I remember one where I, where I think he was dating someone that was uh, in a wheelchair. Oh. And I, but he, I think he lost her phone number. or So he was named, he named her in his cell phone, Wendy Wheelchair. And then oh. I, the, he was, uh, he brought another date that was handicapped to a dinner party. And they ended up finding each other at the party and he got in so much trouble. But he will, yeah, yeah, he don't, yeah, exactly. He don't remember her name, and just all this shit. It was so funny, uh, because he would always get into those situations. Like Larry David is a genius, a comedy genius, comedy writer. I think, almost like, probably, Louis C.K. might be up there. Yeah, I never got into Louis. I need to start watching. I need to start watching. I've heard good things. It's it's like outstanding. It's almost like if you okay. A backwards example is when Atlanta was getting pitched mm-hmm. was that Atlanta was like a more serious Louis. Yeah. In terms of like a rap world. Like that's where it took place. Watching it, do you, do you still agree with that? Yeah, because it's very much centered around the career of the main character. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of different because Atlanta, it'd be something if 
McDonald was the rapper. Yeah. That was trying to make it, whereas Louis plays himself, the comedian, trying to make it. Um, but it's very, very similar in terms of its writing, in terms of its delivery. But Louis C.K.'s jokes were just, like, so well thought, gotcha. well thought through. Like, there was an episode of Portlandia that he wrote, and it's honestly the best episode of Portlandia. And I'm yeah. not even a Portlandia fan, but this episode... I would gladly watch every day. Yeah. It was like a full circle where um, they're going to see him like perform and he cancels his show. And they're like, oh, Fred's like, oh, why'd he cancel the show? And like the person at the theater is like, oh, he had a family emergency. Um, your tickets will get refunded. Mm-hmm. They were just like, oh, okay. They go home and uh, Crazy Eyes from all the Sandler movies, uh, Buscemi, he was oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. landlord mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh, he didn't have a family emergency. He just didn't want to perform. And they're like, oh, I was like, why would he do that? That doesn't make sense. Cuts to the next day, they're like getting coffee. And Louis C.K. is on his laptop, like in the coffee shop, just like chilling. Mm-hmm. Like, should we say something? Goes up to him. And like, so, how's your family? And he's like, what? <laughs> it's your family emergency. You cancel your show. Yeah. And he did it to like buy this vintage camera off eBay. And the eBay like ended during his show. So he wanted to make sure he would like, get it. And they were like, okay, we're not going to tell anyone as long as you hang out with us today. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, fine, whatever. So they're hanging out, and they're supposed to go to like their friend's vape shop opening later that night. And so they forgot about it, and they're at dinner, and they're like, oh, shit. So they text him, like, we have a family emergency. We can't make it. And they're like, oh, okay, no worries. Like, okay. <laughs> and then after dinner, Louis like, okay, I have to go pick up my camera. And so they go... And they pick up the camera from the person at the vape shop who was their friend. And so then they run into him and they're with Louis C.K. buying the camera. And they're like, oh, what? Like, their family emergency. Like, yeah. What happened? And it's just like the funniest thing, full circle. Damn. Just like, I need to get it. Yeah, I really need to start getting on Louis because I know I've heard, I've heard so many fantastic things. I just need to just find time to sit down and listen and watch it. He would give his stand-ups away for free on his website. And it's just like almost like a band camp models mm. pay what you want type thing and or that where he started like at a dollar and just gave it away to everyone which is like interesting to think that's what's up have you seen him live no oh i haven't seen i don't think i've seen any comedian yeah i think he always does stuff at like the comedy store on sunset like yeah. all the time i've seen like comedians i've seen are like nbc comedians are, like off parks really up at uh ucb damn which is pretty cool. Yeah, I've been to UCB a couple times. Uh, Franklin, not Sunset. I've never been to Sunset. Yeah, I'll only go to Franklin. Yeah. Just because walkable for Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So yeah. I'll just go up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've been lucky. I've seen I've seen Chappelle like twice randomly. Yeah. Did you watch the stand-up? I did. Uh, I didn't laugh as much the first time, but the second time I laughed a, little, I laughed a lot good. more. Yeah, I haven't good. seen it yet. So yeah, it's good. I'm accepting all opinions. On yeah, it's it's good. Like it, it's worth it's worth watching. I I went. I can't really compare it to uh his his last standups because I've I've just known them more. So I'm I'm like just gonna say they're better. Yeah. But uh I, they're they're worth watching and like as usual he's very introspective with what he talks about because everything really connects. Like I think this the one thing I do appreciate this compared to the other ones is that it connects a lot more because every single detail you ca- you kind of have to pay attention to because it relates to something that he's going to say in the end or it's going to say uh something that connects later to what he's trying to say so that's okay. good that's good um how do you feel about him pretty much like calling out key and peel like for taking uh, his... i mean I I, I I i see no lies so yeah <laughs> but i mean key and peel are hilarious so it's yeah. like 
I would welcome it. It's like passing the torch. Exactly. Over. Yeah, I, I see no lies. Um, but I can see him. I can see like the bitterness that he gets from it because it's almost like I uh, like communists are just trying to give him money for the certain deal, but then they're like, oh, we'll just give it to Kim Pill because they're yeah, basically to do the same exact exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, but I gotta admit that Keanu was not a good movie. No? I didn't like Keanu. It was, That's funny. Like, it was like one long skit, and I just feel like it could have been better. Yeah, I thought, like, I enjoyed it. It was cool, but I wasn't, like, dying to tell everyone, like, yo, go see Keanu. Yeah. And it wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I went and saw it at the movies at the Americana, and it was cool. The... I think it was what like they were playing like the drug lords. Yeah, they were playing the drug lords and they were playing the guys. They were, they were they were getting the cat. Yeah, so, that yeah. Was so funny. It was really interesting. Like yeah, they were playing those two different roles. They were like playing like these silent assassins. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I'm gonna have to watch it again just for laughs. But yeah, I think it's I think it's on uh on Netflix. Is it? Yeah. Cool. Either Netflix or Hulu. I've seen it. I've seen it there lately. Or maybe I'm tripping and maybe it's on HBO Go. It's on one of those maybe. streaming One of the streaming services. Yeah, it's, one, it's sign somewhere. Up, yeah. Sign up for all of them. Ex- that's basically <laughs> what I've been doing lately. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what, uh, it's been good. What have you been working on um, outside of Dirty Laundry? Like, anything, like, personal? Uh, outside of that is uh, the podcast. And then I've had this, I've had this animation idea I've been trying to do for, like, the longest time. Because uh, I remember... Like, did you see the, the 12 Days of Kanye stuff mm-hmm. I did? I want to do more stuff like that. Like, I have an idea that's, like, some, sort of like that, but I want to do it more consistently. Okay. So, just figuring out time to actually get it get it down-packed. I don't really want to talk about it too much, but it's been fun. Uh, I've got a few illustrations done for it. I just need to, like, just finish it. it yeah, what, what about you? Um, right now, just working on my artist, which is fun. A lot of work, but... I'm just trying to find a home for his album. So, like, we're shopping it everywhere right now. Nice. Which is fun. I'm just putting, like, final touches on it. Just working on, like, a campaign plan to do, like, maybe, like, two or three singles ahead of time. Yeah. And then that are, like, completely separate because you have everyone that will release a single from the album Mm -hmm. ahead of time. Which is, like, cool. But then by the time you're listening through the album, you skip that song. Yeah. So, I don't want that to be a part of this album because it's, like, very special. And so, like, I'm trying to get, like, outside producers to help out and do just, like, early advancements just to, like, make it, like, scream mm-hmm. out to blocks, like, okay, cover these singles. And then album time comes out, and it's a whole, like, 12 new songs. Yeah. So you're, you're I remember not too long ago you were trying to find, like, places for gigs. Like, are you still, like, on the, on the lookout for that? Uh, or? Not as much, because he was out here. This was um, last July, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, he was out here for the green label tour yeah and he was opening for e40 and action bronson oh nice so like clutchy won um the green label tour that and they funded his first mixtape which is cool and so they gave him money for it which we used for features and then they flew him out for that and then he was just like wanted an extended week so he was in long beach for like a day and then came up to la for an entire week mm-hmm. and just worked Gotcha. Cool. We were thinking about doing a show um, at like a small venue, like doing things with a couple other artists, but nothing ever. Like, yeah. Did he managed. make any moves in, in South by? Like, how did that go? Or... Um, he played one show at South by, coincidentally, in front of Action Bronson again. Mm. He said it was fun. 
Um, he was down at A3C, which I think was a little more impactful. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard good things. Because he was doing like a Outcast tribute, and so he wore um, like the the three sex overalls while performing, which he said was really fun. But he had to learn like so much of like his moves and like a bunch of their music to cover, mm-hmm. which was fun. And now um, we're working on trying to get on Wale's tour. Nice. For next month. And yeah. So waiting to hear back on that. And then just putting touches on the album. That's what's up. Sounds like sounds like it, some crazy moves. All right, before we close this thing out, uh, what are, let's talk about some of your goals. Like, what do you, uh, what what are, what are some goals that you had for this year, and like, what goals do you feel like you've accomplished? Like, it's it's basically the first quarter of the, of the year. Like, what, yeah. yeah. So, what do you feel like you've accomplished that they wanted to accomplish? Um, let's see. That's tough. Um, I definitely wanted to get into like more branding for artists. And that's how it started with Kalechi, and then it turned into co-management, um, which is definitely like a goal I accomplished, and it's really fun working on that. Um, goals for the year is ultimately signing Kalechi, mm-hmm. having the tour, getting on board, and just really like taking the world by storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say finding another artist to sign, bringing on either as a client or a and the project, nice. which will be fun. And then, like, long-term goal has always been, like, since I moved to L.A., was to be responsible for an album on top of Amoeba. Mm-hmm. Whether it's oh, in terms shit. of design, whether it's in terms of the artist, in terms of and running the project. Yeah. Just being responsible for some creativity in an album that makes the top of Amoeba. Mm-hmm. Damn, so, that... So every time, like, I drive by Amoeba... I respect I that. I see, like, three albums... I'm on Sunset. I'm just like, damn. Yeah. Imagine like driving home and seeing something. You just like you you know you're a part. You've been a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exciting. Yeah. All right. Especially with all the the signs that happen in Amoeba and just all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That that's really that. Damn. That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Uh, definitely one of the things I want to do is start this podcast. But I want to I want to push it further. I want to create more structure with it. Uh, eventually just uh. Just, just continue to be consistent with it because uh, I know some people I want to bring on to talk to further on, like I see, to figure out how to manage that time. And just uh, and even with uh, the project I was just telling you about with uh, those someone to the 12 Days of Kanye, I want to get that off the ground. And what else? I definitely just, I, I would love to work with more artists. Uh, like, I like I love working with, uh, like, Masego and, like, doing stuff with DJ Rhetoric, but I would love to just be involved with more people in more ways visually because... There are a lot of people I look up to that I feel like I could do I could do that too, and mm-hmm. I would love to to be a part of that. Uh, create that visual branding, uh, and and just help people bring up uh, bring people up together the same way I'm trying to be brought up. So yeah, cool, awesome. Yeah, and let's see. All right, any anything else you wanna you wanna plug or you wanna? Mm, nothing I can think of right now. If you haven't heard, go check out Kalechi. Um, it's Kalechi on SoundCloud. Kalechi on all social media. Extremely dope. Kill, Okay. Uh, so yeah, this is gonna wrap up episode five of the deluxe version. Wait, did I ever explain to you the reason? I feel like I, I don't get a chance to explain. To you. Do you want me to explain the meaning behind the name? The, yeah, the, let's do it. Okay. All right. The meaning behind it is eventually I want, like I was talking about. Eventually, I want to talk to more music video directors and artists. And is the name is mostly come from how does the deluxe version of albums? How mm-hmm. there is music videos and 
even exclusive album that comes with the deluxe version of an album. Packaging, there's special... Exactly. Like, special pieces to it. Like, almost like um, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, how, like, the deluxe package, you had all these, like, cutouts, like, maybe, like, 8 by 8s of, like, different single mm-hmm. pictures, which were really cool. Um, so, like... Yeah, just bringing a, like a little a little bonus thing. Like this is almost like a bonus track, or even a bonus track to ourselves. Like I feel like people don't really get to know me, or I don't really fully uh, express myself fully, like maybe in person. So maybe this is just uh, just by you hearing me babble for an hour, you get to know me a little more. You get like an exclusive, like a like a bonus track of, of me in a way. So there's so many different layers to the meaning behind it. But I've been wanting to do this for a while. I think the name just came pretty naturally, or it came after a long time thinking. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just basically just contradicted myself, but all right. One of the two, one of the two. I <laughs> it, can guarantee that. Yeah, it, it took me a long time where it just came to me. Came to my <laughs> sleep. One of these two, but uh, but yeah, that was the meaning behind that. So I think this is gonna, like, I guess I was saying, this is gonna wrap episode five of the deluxe version. So yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Boom, peace, peace.